Hello, welcome back to our podcast, Deviant Little Darlings. I'm Katie. And I'm Olivia. And if you love hearing stories about all things taboo, scandalous, and out of this world, you are in the right place. Hello. (laughs) Hi, everybody. (laughs) It may sound different or weird or something. Maybe it just sounds like the vibes are good. Yes, the best vibes we've ever had in an episode. There's a simple explanation for that. Um, and it's the fact that we're in the same room together for the first time when recording. It's, um, a milestone for us. It's been, I think, what is this like episode 43 or something? Yeah. It's been over a year. (laughs) So (laughs) we did. Okay. We did record that one intro together. That was really bad. Um, last September. Yes, we had to pass the microphone back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we also, I remember we took a cute picture. We that did. Was it was sweet. But, you know, it was on like photo booth on our That's true. I was one. I saw it the other day, actually. I was like, why is that so grainy? Yeah, the but quality is poor. Don't worry. We've taken a picture of us doing this, so. It's okay. We're not models. We're voice models. Yeah, so. obviously. <laughs> that was like th- when we first started this podcast. That was like the thing that everybody said to me. They were like, you guys have such good podcasting voices. Oh. People's opinions might have changed now. Yeah. But <laughs> I love the um, compliment when people say like, oh, you, I know it said this to me. I mean, to my face, but when they say you have a face for radio, I wow. think that's such a, such a gem. I think we have a face for TV. Yes, we have. Maybe not movies, but TV. TV. <laughs> the small oh, screen. Yep. Wow. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, so Katie's in town. It's been super exciting. Um, we are in the general Seattle area. Yep. It's been a whirlwind and a half. It certainly has, but it's good to be here. Um, I love it up here. Won't be moving back, but I love it up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How how has it been like being away for so long and then coming? Like, are you kind of like, there's things here that you're like, oh, I'm glad I'm not. Like, no, I think everything about this place is like amazing. And like being here, like I drove through like the city, the city today. And Ooh. I was like, oh, wow like it just like breathes life into you you know Mm -hmm. except for like the heroin addicts on the corner but besides that i think this place is fantastic i just other places are calling me yeah and there's so many fantastic places it's just so green here if you've um never been to the pnw and never watched twilight it's really green here Oh, yeah, anyway. well, I'm never moving away, so... Well, that's the thing. I know I'll, I'll always have friends here, so <laughs> I can come back to visit. Yes, you yeah. definitely can. Always. Yay. It's kind of weird because we're sitting side by side, so I'm, like, trying to keep my face angled at my microphone, but also I looking at Katie. We should have sat across from each other. It, it's too late now. I can't stare into your eyes at this. I know. <laughs> we just like just side tonight. glance at each other wow i'm talking way too loud look at how <laughs> am i oh my gosh well you can't even oh, see well. mine it's fine yeah it's fine <laughs> anyway um yeah it feels weird to be doing this it's been i said it to olivia people have been complaining but it's only <sighs> been a month since we released our last episode yeah. so we just um took summer vacation yeah a little a little short yeah. hiatus for sanity and like a wedding was thrown in there oh yeah there was a lot of just life events planned and unplanned indeed it's been a it's been a long month but that's okay (laughs) we're here now we have two stories this Mm -hmm. week um it was funny because when i was getting prepared to do this story today i was like oh i can't think of anything i don't (laughs) know what to do it's been so long but then i remembered last episode you did Titanic and I was like oh I think I know what you're doing and then it wasn't that one so basically Dude. you picked out my story this week because you Perfect. gave me the inspiration I forgot I was supposed to be excited about that yeah. like I was so stoked when we were talking about it and now I can't wait and your Olivia is going first this week so I would love to just hit me with it okay. I'm ready okay um so I am super excited so when you said over a month ago that you were doing <laughs> something about boats and famous people, I thought that you were going to talk about the story of Natalie Wood. But I didn't. But you didn't. But do you know who Natalie Wood is? Yes. Okay. Do you know the story then? I don't. Well, now that I'm looking at your notes. Don't I read can... my notes. <laughs> this is the problem with sitting next to each other. I, um, I don't think I know. 
I don't think I'm I don't think I do okay you might you like, probably have heard it's of it it. So, it it sounds familiar but it's from your neck of the woods oh, in the, the woods. in the, the country SoCal? in the SoCal I think all right. um, Olivia just zoomed in on her notes so I couldn't read it all, read all of them well I just <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep focused <laughs> okay go ahead yes okay yes okay so it's Natalie Wood um you can see in my notes I wrote Katie do you know who Natalie Wood is and then I didn't and then write no. a response for your answer so I'm gonna go straight into it I didn't know who Natalie Wood was when I first heard this story so in case you're like me and you've like just heard her name or you don't really know I'm gonna go like into a overview of her significance in her life because she's a Hollywood actress perfect before going into the actual story that I'm telling let's do it okay so it born in July 20th 1938 um Natalie Wood was actually born as Natalia Nikolaevna Nikolaevna Zakharek okay to be completely <laughs> honest I did try to pronounce this all day today and I think I got it at one point but now is it Zakharenko yeah, Zacharenko, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So definitely not Wood, but that was her name. Um, she started acting when she was only four years old, and she really was like the cutest child actor ever. Um, in 1945, she moved to LA with her mom and became a full-fledged child star. And this is when she changed her last name to Wood after the director, Sam Wood. Oh, and then she changed sweet. from like Natalia to Natalie. Okay. Her biggest role as a child was as little Susan Walker in Miracle on 34th Street. Did you ever see that Christmas movie? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have an opinion on it? No, it's just like one. I don't. Maybe it's not my dad's favorite, but I just like remember. I watched it fairly recently and he was like, we have to watch this. <laughs> like he really wanted to watch it. Well, it's my favorite Christmas movie That's of all really time. That's really sweet. So Ugh. now that I know. That's that, like the, the Macy's one, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I, I have like a black and white version, original one, and then like also a colored one. Aww. And it's just so like on what on like t on d tape DVD? Oh, no not like a not like straight up original <laughs> copy from the 40s like a dvd okay okay i mean who uses <laughs> dvds anymore but that's okay oh, okay so well, okay well she's so cute in this she plays a little girl and then now that i know that there's like a spoiler alert tragic ending to the story <sighs> um it just makes me really sad i feel like i'm gonna be super bummed out this christmas watching it like you can't watch it no i did not know it was her sad <sighs> oh well so Natalie started making a lot more money after that role and she ended up landing a contract with 20th Century Fox. Um, so she has a ton of movies kind of in her childhood. In 1949, she had an accident on the set of The Green Promise where she fell through a broken bridge and almost drowned in the water below. Ah. So this accident led to a protruding wrist bone that never fully healed and a lifelong fear of water. Uh-oh. Not good. <laughs> Side note, this fear never subsided and it actually only got worse in her later years because she eventually went to a gypsy when she was old enough and the gypsy told her that she would end up dying in dark water. So, Jeez. really wasn't something she liked to mess around with. In 1955, Natalie Wood transitioned from child star to teenage heartthrob and um, she starred in Rebel Without a Cause alongside James Dean. Then in 1957, after this breakthrough role, Natalie even had a short-lived relationship with Elvis Presley. Oh. Ooh. But it was very short-lived. Um, Natalie became a Hollywood star, major name, known alongside all the other greats at the time. So her studio arranged for her to go on a date with fellow actor Robert Wagner. Okay. The two ended up falling in love, and they got married in 1957. So their marriage was short-lived. Uh, they divorced around 1961 or 1962. Typical. Um, and immediately afterwards, Natalie started dating her Splendor in the Grass co-star, Warren Beatty. Oh. So there was a lot of speculation that they that she may have had an affair, which is what ended the marriage. Um, but in recent years, it came out that that was likely all a rumor, and Natalie was actually a victim of <gasps> abuse in the marriage with Robert. So, oh, but that's no. something we're going to touch on a bit more later. Okay. Um, Natalie, at this point, kind of struggled working with the big studios. And she had very little control over her contracts. Uh, but she continued to land big roles like Maria in West Side Story in 1961. And her role in Splendor in the Grass, um, which is what got her nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars that year. Ooh. 
So at the top of her game, Natalie became the youngest person to receive three Academy Award nominations at the age of 25 in 1964. But this limelight didn't last long, and only two years later, she received a Worst Actress of the Year award. Oh. Um, And they said that she was kind of like in on the joke because she actually showed up to receive the award, but still, that that cannot feel good. Yeah, that hurts. And in 1967, she suffered from serious mental health issues, including multiple suicide attempts, and she decided it was time to take a step away from Hollywood. Okay. Sad. Um, Really sad. Yes. So she took some time for herself, but she did return to the screen in 1969, and she married producer Richard Gregson, and they had their first daughter, and then she made her way back up to the top. Um so is this her third marriage? It's her second marriage, but like okay. fifth famous <laughs> relation. Every like article just talked about all the super famous people that fell in love with her. Got it. Um, but yeah, because she didn't marry Warren Beatty. Sure. She just dated him for a while. Okay. Um, after having her daughter, she even did a Playboy feature that same year. So oh, she icon was like, behavior. Yeah. She was back on top of her game. But then this second marriage ended in 1971, and she immediately reconnected with her first husband, Robert Wagner. Oh. And they remarried in 1972. Oh. So now we're at her third marriage, but really it's the first marriage. But does it count as a third? Uh, Two and a half. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You decide. Um, In the following years, she had another kid, uh, and she started turning down roles and decided to, like, settle down and become a family woman. Her final film was Brainstorm, and it was shot in 1981, where she starred alongside young Christopher Walken. Oh. So that's the, like, IMDb-esque version of events. Um, But as most stories in Hollywood, it wasn't all sunshine and roses for Natalie Wood. Oh, no. So in the next part, I just wrote T. (laughs) (laughs) I only saw this in one article. So there's a fantastic Vanity Fair article written by Suzanne Finstead. And she ended up writing Natalie Wood's biography called Natasha. Um, And this article reveals a lot of the behind the scenes and like investigative investigative info that I'm going to reference later on. But I like this like whole paragraph quote that Suzanne had in the article. So she says, as I plumbed her past, Natalie's demons and their origins revealed themselves to me as if released from a genie's lamp family violence, an alcoholic father, a pathological attachment to her Svengali stage mother, psychological abuse as a child star, paranoias, phobias, a bedroom of storybook dolls she believed were alive and spoke to her, pimped at 15 to Frank Sinatra, Ah. forced to return an engagement ring to her high school sweetheart who tried to kill himself afterward, exploited into a sexual liaison, liaison, as a teenager with a 42-year-old director, Nicholas Ray, to prove that she could play a bad girl in Rebel Without a Cause. So, uh, that's a lot to take in. It's a lot. It's basically, like, complete opposite kind of perspective of the string of events I just told you. Like, that was yeah. like, oh, she had all this stardom. She did all this great stuff. Everyone loved her. There's and a then dark it's side. And like, actually, that's a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on. Um, and so that's the only source I saw with most of those claims, but knowing Hollywood today, I imagine like that's exactly what it was like 60 years ago. I'm sure. Just probably wasn't ever talked about. Okay. So I know that was a long intro, but that is how we get the connection for the main characters in the story, which are Natalie Wood, Robert Wagner, and Christopher Walken. Okay. The scene is set. The scene is set. And I just feel like she's so iconic for her time. I didn't put it all together before doing this research. Plus... The first time I was like, how is Christopher Walken involved? Isn't he like some old man? So hopefully it makes more sense. Okay. So in November of 1981, Natalie Wood and her husband, Robert Wagner, also known as RJ, decided to host a post-Thanksgiving weekend on RJ's 58-foot yacht, the Splendor. They invited a bunch of their Hollywood friends, but the only one who accepted the invitation was Natalie's current co-star, Christopher Walken. Hmm. So that's how they're all there. Got it. He wasn't an L.A. native. um, And so he was only in town to shoot the movie Brainstorm. But since he didn't have any family plans during the holidays, he was like the only person who could accept. So he's (laughs) like him and this couple kind of like a weird, interesting three pair. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the only other person on the boat this weekend was RJ's yacht captain, Dennis Davern. So on November 28th, 1981, the four adults had dinner on shore in Catalina, where they were reported to have drunk a noticeable amount of champagne. Hmm. The manager of the restaurant even admitted he was worried they were overserved and wouldn't make it back on the boat safely. He even asked the harbor patrol on duty to take or to keep a close eye on them to make sure that they make it home okay. Um, so they were like kind of belligerent at the restaurant. Sure. They left the restaurant at 10.30 p.m., got back on their boat just fine. So so they made it onto the boat. Yeah. <laughs> and we know because the manager like had Harbor Patrol watch them. Right. He was concerned. So 10.30, everyone's accounted for it. They're on the boat. From here on, the number of eyewitnesses sort of dwindled to just the four people on the boat. So what exactly happened is extremely hard to say and plays a huge part in the controversy of the whole case. So RJ later admits to having a heated argument with Christopher Walken after after boarding the boat after dinner. Um, but Natalie Wood wasn't around. They just assumed she had gone to bed. Hmm. Not sure what they were fighting about. Doesn't really ever come up. They just say... Sounds suspicious. We okay. Um, the next official report we get is at 11.05 p.m. when the other passenger realized that Natalie wasn't in bed. And so she was missing and also one of the boat's dinghies were missing. Oh, God. And they were like, oh, my God. Where is she, where did she go? Hmm. This boat. I looked at pictures of the boat, too, because I was like, is it like a massive yeah. cruise ship size <laughs> yeah. boat? Like, could someone get lost? How did they lose her? Def- you can't. Th- like, uh, it's big enough to have a dinghy, but not big enough to like. Like, be- be- she's in the other room. Yeah. Like, okay. Exactly. Um, but then this is what's weird. So they realize Natalie is not on the boat at 11, but they don't call the Coast Guard until two hours later at 1.30 a.m. And then it took another two hours for the Coast Guard to get the call and arrive. So at this point, Natalie was last seen around 10.30 getting on the boat. So she wasn't reported being part of the men's argument. And there's a four-hour gap where no one seemed to worry (laughs) that she wasn't around. And a six-hour gap until the real search begins. Mm -hmm. Some negligence here. Yeah. Okay. The search for Natalie continued through the night, but unfortunately at 8 a.m., Natalie Wood's body was discovered in the water a mile away from the boat and was immediately deemed an accidental drowning. Interesting. Seems hasty, but that's okay. It does. And the chief medical examiner in the L.A. County Coroner's Office examined Natalie and he noted that she had significant bruising, but he claimed it was likely due to the fall into the water. The dinghy was also found with scratch marks all down the side, indicating she may have tried to pull herself into it from the water because, after all, she is deathly afraid of water. That damn gypsy. I know. She got it right somehow. God. Okay. Keep going. (laughs) He also reported that Natalie had a blood alcohol level of 0.14, so there was definitely alcohol involved, Um, and he just chalked it up to a drunken spill off the side of the boat. Um, but side note, if she fell, how did the dinghy get down there? Like, yeah. did she get into it? Like, would she go into the dinghy? Doesn't well, I have some really important evidence here. Um, on one episode of the sweet life on deck, oh. they all got into a lifeboat and accidentally deployed it into the water. Okay. But here's <laughs> my question. If she's deadly afraid of water, why would she just like get out okay. of bed and go into a lifeboat? That's a really excellent point. And like, <laughs> and, like release the dinghy. Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Okay, keep going. We'll see. Unless she this was like, isn't Zach and Cody? I uh, get it. Well, unless she was like really intoxicated and was thought the boat was sinking for some reason and was like, I need mm, to save myself. Like in a panic or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, so of course Christopher Walken and Robert Wagner are asked to give statements about the events that night. And Walken doesn't share much of anything substantial, but he does say the following quote. It's kind of long, but I felt like it was very, just imagine it in Christopher Walken's voice. (laughs) Very him. Okay. So he says, anybody there saw the logistics of the boat, the night where we were, that it was raining, and would know exactly what happened. You hear about things happening to people. They slip in the bathtub, fall down the stairs, step off the curb in London because they think that the cars come the other way and they die. You feel you want to die making an effort at something. You don't want to die in some unnecessary way. What happened that night, only she knows because she was alone. She had gone to bed before us and her room was at the back. 
the dinghy was bouncing against the side of the boat, and I think she went out to move it. There was a ski ramp that was partially in the water. It was slippery. I had walked in it myself. She had told me she couldn't swim, in fact. They had to cut a swimming scene from Brainstorm. She was probably half asleep, and she was wearing a coat. Okay. So that was a long quote. Okay. And he's alluding that the accidental drowning is the only plausible cause of death based on the scenario, right? But right. this statement really bothers me because it's not a definitive statement. He's not saying right. this happened or this didn't happen. Instead, he's kind of just setting a scene to guide the listener's perspective to come to their own conclusions, mm-hmm. which I think is shady and mysterious in this whole death yeah. situation i don't love the way he's kind of like talking around it yeah exactly he's just like honestly it kind of sounded like if a politician was giving a speech <laughs> and they didn't want to answer something and he's like oh totally people die oh i bet knows? his pr person like well did they have pr people then i'm sure i'm right? sure yeah so it's pretty clear right off the bat that her death was not investigated the same way as it would have if every single person involved wasn't part of the richest and most elite circle in the country. The Vanity Facts. Fair article I mentioned earlier was really great at outlining some of the issues with the investigation. And Suzanne uncovered a lot of details that were just pretty much swept under the rug for like 40 years. Because the Suzanne wrote the biography like... 20 something like within the past 10 years okay so definitely way after the fact okay so i wrote down the issues i numbered them excellent yeah how many do we have we have six let's go (laughs) okay number one rj didn't look for natalie for two hours and didn't call for help until four hours after she was last seen Mm -hmm. so the boat like i said the boat is a yacht but it's not that big right I guess if he really believed that she was asleep down below, he wouldn't like continuously check on her, but I just don't buy it. And especially since when they did know she wasn't there, he didn't do anything. Like, wouldn't you? It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) Exactly. And I know they were all intoxicated and it was like late at night, but it's the, it's your wife on a boat in the the middle of the night. Like it's just, you, you would know. No. Okay. Number two. Uh, Suzanne interviewed Ralph Hernandez, one of the L.A. sheriff's officers who was who was put in charge of the case when it reopened later on. Um, And Ralph claimed that there was source information that says Christopher Walken admitted to hearing a fight not between him and R.J., but between Natalie and R.J. that night. Oh, this source also says Walken told a friend that he actually believed R.J. pushed Natalie overboard. But take this with a grain of salt because this is all second and third hand gossip and Christopher Walken refuses to comment on the accident now. So he'll whatever he does know, if he knows something, he'll like take it to his grave. We should we won't have another statement from him. All right. Um, okay. So people put a lot of emphasis on the fact that Natalie was drunk. And yes, it was a fact, and I'm sure it did play a part in the whole thing. But it doesn't mean that we should ignore the rest of the evidence that paints a not-so-innocent picture. Mm-hmm. So Suzanne ended up interviewing new witnesses who were present at the time of Natalie's autopsy. Um, and he says he saw the whole thing. So one of them was named um, Vidal Herrera. And he claims that Natalie's wounds were much more troubling than the chief medical examiner led on. He said her head wounds indicated a violent fight and being pushed in the water while unconscious, possibly alluding to her already being unconscious when she went overboard. So this Gee. guy this, this guy wasn't originally like part of the investigation because he was just someone there at the autopsy. He wasn't like the main guy. But he's kind of like, this main guy is not doing due diligence. Um... But yeah, so I don't know if she went overboard while she was already unconscious or if she became unconscious in the water. Well, it's I hard to say. It. And then... The unknown is killing me. Yes. Number five. Okay, next is the yacht captain, Dennis Davern. So he was like the actual witness other than the other two guys. Like he was the only other person on the boat. So Davern gave some statements to police as well as a, in a documentary about the case And I heard that he actually said in one statement that he thought RJ pushed her, but he ended up omitting that statement because he didn't know he was being filmed. Hmm. So they had to like, whoop, take it away. And then he like didn't say it again. 
Um, he did report, though, that he heard the dinghy drop into the water after Natalie and RJ's fight. And he saw RJ standing nearby looking sweaty and disheveled. Uh-oh. He also said he heard RJ say to Natalie, get off my effing boat. <gasps> so. Interesting. He, yeah. Like the single person we have as a witness, because obviously Christopher Walken's like not to be trusted in this right. whole thing. Clearly. Um, But Davern is like, um, yeah, I just saw all this going on and he wasn't the only one because Christopher Walken, like, at one point alluded to it with, as to a friend. I don't know. Right. So the, their stories match up, the two witnesses. Right. Um, okay, then this is number six. The argument that was supposed to be between RJ and Christopher Walken. So if that was actually between RJ and Natalie, like the witnesses say, why would Christopher Walken get involved and say that it was him? Right. Well, I'm not so sure. So that is, like, still a big question. But it's possibly because... The argument that Natalie Wood and RJ had that night was so loud that it was actually heard by other boats passing by. Oh, God. So if they wanted to try to cover up this whole, like, fight thing, they couldn't just say it didn't happen because... There's other witnesses. There's other witnesses that there was a fight. Mm -hmm. So maybe Christopher Walken is, like, a really good friend to RJ, and he just wanted to help him cover it up. Maybe he really did get in an argument with him that night, possibly about the death of his beloved co-star and friend. Yeah. Or maybe he and RJ acted together. So I, I feel like the way that he's covering for like, if he wasn't at all a part of it, why would he cover for it? I, even if you really liked your friend, feel like, okay. So that's like the end of my notes. So I, my perspective is that I think RJ did it. Like I think he and that, Natalie Wood got in a fight. Clearly, the first time they were married, there was a uh, indication that he was abusive. Sure, that's why they're supposedly that's why their marriage ended. I think he. Wait. Oh my god! I missed an entire paragraph. Oh my god! We can <laughs> we can put it back in. We can just put it in at the end. Okay, because I was like, wait, why am I not talking about this thing? Okay, so going back to number three issue when it was like the the guy at the autopsy said that the concussion or the head injuries made it look like she was unconscious Mm -hmm. okay there was another witness from the autopsy who came forward named dr michael franco and he was actually just an intern at the time that natalie wood's body was examined for the first time okay but like he was there as an intern sure and he believes that the wounds um on her body like you know the chief medical examiner said there was all that bruising yeah he says it points towards homicide due to the fact that there were suspicious bruises and friction burns on natalie's thighs and shins oh and they were actually positioned in the opposite direction of someone trying to get on a boat instead they indicate a struggle that may have occurred when natalie was getting off <sighs> the boat like she was trying to stay on and was like forcefully oh removed. gosh yeah so that whole okay situation that's compelling that was like major i'm like why did i why did i not <laughs> say that that was kind of a big thing okay all right but we've got the info now okay yeah so i just feel like clearly my opinion robert wagner rj whatever like got her off the boat whether whether she was unconscious before or after he pushed her off. I think he threw the dinghy down as like, like a like, save yourself, like save like, yourself. Like yeah, he's trying to trying to cover up the situation. Yeah. Well, he probably knew obviously that she's terrified of water, right? And like maybe was like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm so mad, I'm gonna throw you overboard, and she'll like, here's the thing, you'll be fine. I mean, obviously, not like a prank. I'm sure he was doing it with like bad intentions. Yeah, a little malicious at least. Um, but obviously she was really intoxicated. She pro- maybe she hit her head. Like I just maybe she just went into like an insane panic and couldn't move. Yeah, like, she couldn't swim, and she was in the ocean in the middle of the night. Yeah, with super intoxicated. It's not a loving husband. No. So then with Christopher Walken, it's like my guess, and this is probably just because I like don't want to think badly of him because I like his movies. <laughs> I think that if he wasn't involved in that fight, he probably definitely heard it. He definitely right. heard what was going on. He knew what happened. But if he were to incriminate Robert Wagner, it would be this huge scandal, not only in like the police, but in Hollywood, his career, his PR, like everything. And like his career could be over if he was 
on the boat with a murder. But, like, if he was the one that, like, brought the murder to justice, that would have been great publicity. But everyone loved Robert Wagner. He was, like, a huge star, too. Yeah, but, like, ugh, I know. I know so what you're saying. I think, I think that he just was, like, this is awful. He's not friends with Robert Wagner, but I think he, like, did. He kept his mouth shut and did what he had to do okay. in his mind to just keep going and not get too involved okay and it's unfortunate but i really think that's what like, like that's my theory i like see where you're like i, I yeah I, I i concur it's just so weird like why can't people just do the right thing i just don't understand i know <laughs> i mean or or they got you know they got home maybe natalie and robert wagner got in an argument maybe they fight all the time like they just got in an argument and that led to Christopher walking, walking and him getting an argument. She goes to bed and maybe it is true. Maybe she got up. She was trying to fix the dinghy or doing something with it and mm. fell overboard. I don't know. Never know. It's, I think it's just a little suspicious. Yeah. It's super suspicious. And I didn't know this about Christopher Walken being so involved. And no. now when I see his movies, I'm going to be like, so a little tainted perhaps. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, what do you know? Oh, actually my last line is either way we will never know for certain because like christopher walken said what happened that night only she knows Ooh. Ooh. but he knows spooky i think he knows I, yeah he knows he knows let's just put it out there he knows but yeah. we're gonna sell merch like t-shirts and it's like he knows i think we actually with, have with had his, a lot of really good merch ideas with his face on it <laughs> um please dm us on instagram if you would buy that I'll send it to you personally <laughs> at a discount. But yeah, that's my story. Um, I think it's interesting, but I think it's interesting. Uh, that's why I thought you, when you said famous boat, I was like famous boat, Dude. but it's not as famous as the You Titanic. said they were coming back from Catalina. Mm -hmm. That's like right by me. I know. Oh, it was funny. I was telling my mom on the way over here that I was like, oh yeah, this is my story. She's like, oh, where, wasn't there boat in Lake Washington? And I was like, no. No. <laughs> it was in California. She's like, what? No, it was definitely Lake Washington. I'm That's like, funny. Don't think so. Interesting, Olivia. I'm glad you uh, were inspired by me. I'm taking all credit for that. This was all for you. It's like, I feel like um, I watched a TV show where like the same plot line happened. Oh, really? But I can't think of what it would have been. But that is compelling. Mm. I think everyone is incriminated. Um, I know. It was the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Oh, well, that. Yeah. that. <laughs> no, there was like... Maybe it was like an episode of Supernatural or something. Probably. I feel like that's what everything is. Where, but yeah. someone like threw someone overboard. I don't know. I'm sure it happens all the time. I know like cruise ships, that's a whole we don't, rabbit hole. We can't even get down into that. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about? The other day, mm. that baby that fell out of the cruise ship window. You know the he grandpa got, yeah. got arrested or charged or whatever it's called when you, the final thing. I feel bad. I, like he didn't mean to. Yeah. <sighs> sorry. That's so sad. That was a downer. I'm sorry. Okay, this whole pod. I mean, the whole point of this podcast is downers. Downer. <laughs> downer, little darlings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway cool. so what is your story katie well as i typically do i would like to explain the reason why <laughs> so um you know it's been a month like mm -hmm. i mean i don't mean that like in time had, wise it's been a you've had a whole month to work on this katie so i, no, no, I hope it's the best it's one i've ever heard been a bad month <laughs> so it's not gonna be the best no but that's not what i was okay the reason i'm saying that is because um i wanted like a story that was gonna like make me happy like bring me joy oh like to not like not not, not throwing a woman overboard <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not like the story is happy but like researching oh, it would okay. bring me joy yeah. and like talking about it would bring me joy so of course i was like pirates but oh. i'm not because oh. like i'm kind of running out of pirate stories to tell you know this like explanation I've already... is a whirlwind of emotions <laughs> i don't know how I'm to really feel. Trying to keep you on the hook okay um but then of course i think this one should be fairly self-explanatory my next thought was ghosts oh yeah so i'm sure i've mentioned it before i actually i can't really remember what happened back in april but in <laughs> april 
Rachel, our friend, oh, yeah. and I went on a ghost tour of Boston. I just listened to this episode. Did I talk meant- about it? Uh, yeah, but you said that he had the podcast, but you were like, oh, I'll save it for another episode. What did I say? I like didn't go back and listen. I was kind of hoping you would know. Wait, what did I say? Oh, no. So you went on the ghost tour. I don't remember where or when, but the tour guide had his own podcast. And I said that I would save the stories for another episode. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, we should have had Rachel on to tell the stories. And then. Okay. So I did. Okay. Well, perfect. This is the episode. Oh. (laughs) I've saved it. Um, (laughs) Sort of. So uh, I asked Rachel for her review of the tour and I almost thought about like recording it so I could like put it in. Yeah. But (laughs) this is what she said. It was so good. And I said, is that it? (laughs) And she said, yes, that's literally it. That's all I've got for you. So. Wow. Rachel sure does have a. A woman of many words. A voice for radio. Yep. (laughs) All right. We were just filling Rachel in on the contents of our podcast. And um, I'd like to ask her for her full statement on how she thought the ghost tour went. It was an experience is that all you have to say yes <laughs> thank you for your time um the funny thing is about this ghost tour i i'm sh- i probably said this and whatever but it was literally just us and our tour guide and he, he was a grad student too you know he had a podcast but he kind of had like a john mulaney sense of humor and he was like Ooh. not selling the ghosts Oh. Like he was not selling it, not convincing me. And once he realized that it was like just the three of us and like we were all kind of joking around, he was just like not like he didn't believe in ghosts. So it wasn't convincing. So why me did he have a ghost tour? To make a quick buck, you know? Oh, OK. Side note. Speaking of John Mulaney. Yeah. He's canceled in my mind. OK. Like because he divorced his wife or for something else? Because he dated Olivia Munn and Olivia Munn is canceled. Why is she canceled? Because I read a pot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just last night. I was no, so passionate about me. this. Please as in the past me. 24 hours. There's a podcast. Shameless plug. I don't know really what it's called. I think it's called like Celebrity Memoir Book Club, I think. And they, it's these two girls and they re- review celebrity memoirs every week. Okay. And Olivia Munn wrote a memoir. And so they reviewed it. It was the most god awful piece of literature. I didn't even read it. Oh, and god. I was so appalled. It's just like very anti woman while also being like i'm the best woman oh because all other women are awful okay we hate that we hate that well, so now we hate john mulaney she's been like obsessed funny. with him for a really long time john mulaney yeah like she's been obsessed like she said in interviews that she's obsessed with him yeah well now okay because i was kind of mad at john mulaney already for divorcing his wife what was his wife again or like anna anna oh, yeah I don't know, but I, I just thought it was kind of sweet, and he has all those jokes about his wife. Like, yeah. what's he gonna do now? Joke about Olivia Munn? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I wasn't getting any ooky spooky vibes from this ghost tour. Is the moral of the story? But it was still entertaining. So anyway, I told Rachel I was working on something for the podcast, and she said, "Are you like picking one story from the ghost tour instead of like trying to tell all of them? That feels like a lot." So I said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I'm just gonna pick one." And she asked which one, and I told her. And she agreed that it was the best one. So here we go. Approved by Rachel. Approved by Rachel. And I've done my research and I'm definitely more ready than our tour guide was. (laughs) Suck it, (laughs) Bo. Coming for you. (laughs) Seriously, I hope. Do you have his podcast name? (laughs) No, I hope no one ever connects the dots because he was nice. I just, whatever, it's fine. I hope he doesn't get fired for now that you revealed that he's really bad at his job. I guess there probably aren't too many Bo's doing ghost tours in Boston. Boast and boast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. I'm going to talk about the Omni Parker House Hotel in Boston, Massachusetts, home of the original Boston cream pie, <gasps> and much to my satisfaction, a gaggle of ghosts. Ooh, that alliteration. Did that hook you? I hope so. It did. I'm hooked. So there's like I'm gonna talk about a few little ghosts, but then I'm gonna finish with a celebrity ghost. <gasps> so stick around, people. This is a very- famous celebrity centric episode kind of a gaggle of celebrities title Uh, i love when we say things and i don't have to think about titles iteration alliteration alliteration yeah gaggle of (laughs) celebrities we'll think about it we'll work on it we'll workshop it it's fine all right (laughs) so um (laughs) 
The Omni Parker House is the just a little history. It's the longest continuously operating hotel in the country. I feel like a lot of places in Boston are like that because, you know, Boston's kind of like where we all started. Weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I live there. Anyway, it was founded in 1855 when luxurious hotels were popping up all over the place because it was when travel started to come like for like leisure rather than mm-hmm. necessity. So Harvey Parker of, you know, the name Omni Parker House mm-hmm. was a main transplant in Boston and he became a driver for like some wealthy dude and he would like drive him into the city and while he was waiting to pick the guy up, he'd eat at this place called John Hunt's Cafe. And eventually, like, they, like, you know, started a relationship, whatever. I'm not sure how exactly it went down, but he bought the cafe from him, renaming it Parker's Restaurant. And he became hugely successful, and he was like, wow, let's capitalize on the success. So he purchased a neglected mansion and turned it into a first-class hotel. Um, And we now know this as the Omni Parker House. And Omni is, like, you know, that, like, hotel chain. Like, there's, like, Omni resorts all over the place like in vegas there's like the omnia or something no oh (laughs) but there's like an omni hotel like by my house in san diego too so like it's it's like a hilton kind of situation but maybe not like that but you know it's like a they whatever (laughs) i believe it (laughs) okay (laughs) it's Um, a chain (laughs) yeah i guess but like okay whatever (laughs) okay so i didn't actually go into the hotel because it was like nighttime and covid time um but we like stood outside and we looked at it but let me just paint a picture that i got from (laughs) nightlyspirits.com the omni parker house is 2300 square feet full of stunning beauty the detailed bronze front doors provide a memorable first impression as you enter the spacious wood paneled lobby why am i reading all this the plush carpet and decorative ceilings create a feeling of luxury from the Mm. top down the guest rooms are historically decorated with modern conveniences like flat screen TVs, high speed internet, and dry cleaning services. Am I selling it? Do you want to go stay? I feel like I'm in a fluffy white robe. Thank and you. I'm sitting on some crunchy sheets. Yep. Watching a flat screen. Good. With I'm the air conditioning I'm on glad. super high. I'm not going to keep reading the rest of it, but it is like right in the city and it's like right on the Freedom Trail. So, like, it's a good location if you're trying to visit and you're not scared of ghosts. Keep that in mind. So, I feel like if you were to take, like, a guess at um, maybe the first ghost that would be there, you know, whoever might feel like sticking around, it might be that of the proprietor himself, Harvey Parker. Mm. So, the funny thing about this is, for some reason, I always want to call him Henry Parker. Like, when we were on our ghost tour, he was like, who do you think the ghost is? And I was like, Henry. <laughs> and he's like, Harvey. Yeah. Mm. But um, that would be correct. He seems to hang around the 10th floor, you know, still just ever hospitable. And he apparently checks on the guest room. So sometimes he'll like nice. wake guests up while they're sleeping. Like a little ghostly like wake little, up call. Yeah. 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 It's like, excuse me, the continental breakfast has started <laughs> yeah. downstairs. Actually, it's 6 a.m. Get out of bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> room service um, will be here in five minutes. Literally. Um, apparently one guest reported a man standing at the end of her bed in room 1012. So maybe don't ask for that room or do mm-hmm. um but he asked her if she was enjoying her stay and then he vanished okay i guess i, I would you, okay would you be more alarmed if there was a person in your room asking how your stay was and then they stayed there or would you be more alarmed <laughs> that they say, vanished i'd be like oh thank god he's gone <laughs> i feel like i'd be kind of grateful that he vanished yeah I'm like oh good that wasn't an actual human being standing in the foot of my bed yeah yeah I would be less scared yeah. if it was a ghost than I would be if it was a human. Like if it was like the bellboy <laughs> <laughs> who carried your bags up the day oh before. God. Anyway, so yeah, just pretty hospitable. Basically, she later identified it as Harvey Parker based on the portrait of him that hangs mm. in the lobby. She mm. was like, oh, that was the dude in my room this morning. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I guess other sightings of him describe a bearded man dressed in colonial era clothes. Cool question yes how come all hiltons don't have paris hilton pictures in the that's lobby? a really good question I they mean... should <laughs> should we sue them yes. until they put up pictures of false paris? advertising yeah, god seriously our tour guide Bo, shout out hope your podcast's good um he told us the story of a man uh like i okay i have a disclaimer about this in a second and i probably should just wait to read it so i don't get confused but my memory of that night's like a little hazy so like all the things I'm saying about the tour are probably not fact, so don't take my word okay. for it, but I feel like I need to insert my memory it's into okay. it. Okay, we'll just blame Bo for... If it's wrong, it's because he it's told us Bo's wrong. It's Bo's fault. Okay, good. Um, 
he told us a story of a man like i think what he said was like there was a dude like or a man in colonial era clothes checking on a little boy like you know kind of same thing like how's your stay and the mom came over and i think the guy said something similar and then the man vanished you know similar he likes to pull the vanishing Mm -hmm. act and the hotel workers were like ha 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 that's the ghost of our dead founder have a complimentary breakfast you know like they really (laughs) tried to brush it off whatever um but omni hotels actually has like a blog about like how the hotel's haunted and they said that parker was a perfectionist who kept his hands in every detail of his restaurant and hotel operations he played the ultimate host to ordinary folks and world famous guests a host it would seem who could never really bring himself to leave sounds like a nightmare it sounds like the worst boss ever actually He'd be like oh i own this place but i'm actually gonna do the turn down service myself because <laughs> i don't trust you to do it <laughs> seriously like you're doing everything wrong try yeah. again even uh, even in my afterlife i have seriously. to keep doing it right <laughs> seriously also on the 10th floor people have heard um unexplained sounds like laughter and whispering typical mm. ghosty stuff um in fact, people report noise complaints frequently, but every time security is called up, there's like nobody there and no noise. So specifically room 1040 has gotten noise complaints on multiple occasions and it's always unoccupied when security gets there. So, so far we're avoiding room 1040 and room 1012. Okay. And we're staying on the 10th floor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just don't. Actually, I think it could kind of be fun. We'll yeah. talk. We'll talk about it. Um, People also report hearing a rocking chair, but the property currently doesn't have a rocking chair, like zero rocking chairs to be found. But also what I know it like sounds like I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but I would be like, oh, that's one thousand percent like that a rocking chair. That could not be anything else but a rocking chair. You're right. But I don't know. Could be. Well, nightlyspirits.com dramatically put it like this. The back and forth rocking seems to be echoes of the past. These mysterious sounds seem stuck between the 10th floor walls forever. Ooh. What is it about the 10th floor? I don't know. It's unclear. Mm. I do know that um, Harvey, not Henry, lived at the hotel, but I don't know if he lived on the 10th floor. Sounds like he, he probably, probably did. did. He probably did. Anyway, um, I feel like this story is going to go real quick, but that's okay. It's <laughs> fine. Um, so this part is not the celebrity ghost story yet. But there was an 1870s actress named Charlotte Cushman who tragically died on the third floor of the hotel during the height of her career. Pneumonia. Oh. Pretty bleak. What year? Oh, I don't know. In the 1870s, I think. Oh, okay. Long. People were famous back then? I guess. Hmm. Well, maybe not. Well, it says she was in 1870. I, okay, I didn't, clearly didn't do some, what's, uh, no, no, I believe you. I just can't wrap my mind about tell you. around things in that century. 1876, February 18th, she died. Okay. And she was an actress. She was an actress. And Perhaps apparently she not had in like. Film. In what? <laughs> like, she like couldn't theater. have been. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what else would she be in? <laughs> She's yeah. not a movie star. No, no, not, so I well, can't not put this together in my to head. say, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um,. So it's unclear exactly what room she was in, but the third floor has some issues. We'll get there. Room 303 specifically was turned into a storage closet for unspecified reasons. And our tour guide says the staff like does not go in the storage closet. Like you don't go in the storage closet. It's not worth it. Okay. So when it was still a guest room, um, people reported strange shadows throughout the room. The smell of whiskey and cigars, no matter how many times it was cleaned. And the bathtub water would apparently turn on randomly by itself. Ew, no, 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 no. Okay. That would be really scary. So wasn't there a horror movie where the bathtub like drowns the person? Where the bathtub Like drowns? she's in the bathtub and she's like sitting there and then the water keeps turning on and it doesn't turn off and she drowns. I've never I seen it, know. but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like a, a recent, like a no, new No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure though. And that's like not okay for me. Like I think that's very scary. There's a bathtub in The Shining, but I feel like that's not it. I don't know. I don't know. That well, very someone spooky. Google but also, it. But also, like, even if the faucet doesn't yeah, stand up. Yeah, I would be fr- up. spooked if, like, the water just turned on over oh, there. Like, we would be absolutely. leaving. We would simply vacate the premises. Because, yes. like, if the lights turn on, it's like, okay, electrical, yeah. something. But water? Wa- mm, that mm. knob is heavy. <laughs> it is heavy. Yeah. No, no. 
One, okay, really quick diversion. One time in middle school, in our bathrooms, you know, it was a air hand dryer. Oh yeah. But it wasn't the kind that you put your hand under. It was the kind that you pushed. Oh yeah. And I was in there all by myself, <gasps> and the the hand dryer went on. Ew. And I was like, oh my god, I need to leave. That's so scary. My middle school was pretty weird, but I still don't think that's normal. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, speaking of horror movies that I'm not quite sure about, um, you know Stephen King. He wrote a short story called 1408 that was apparently based on room 303. And it's like this short story of this like writer who goes and stays at like a, he knows it's like haunted, I think. It's a movie. Oh, well, I think they made like a movie out of it. Yeah, but it's a short it. story too. Oh. He like wrote a short story and I think they turned it into a movie. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's like he like goes like, like kind of like as if he was like on acid or something, right? Like he gets so all tripped out. It's like he goes through the seven stages of hell oh. while he's in there. But it's like he he goes in and it's like, oh, it's haunted. Oh. And then it's like, he, it's just all spooky. And then he, the, he, the longer he stays, because he knows that he's there for a certain amount of time or whatever, sure. it like goes in. He basically ends up getting like, goes through the stages of hell until he gets stuck. And <gasps> it, it will just keep repeating over and over and oh, over again. Oh, no. Yeah, it's very scary. Yeah, okay. So he was inspired by this room, if that gives you any Ewe. yeah, bad news. So no wonder the workers don't go in. Um, also, the elevator will randomly stop on floor three without anyone like pushing the button. Like it just goes to floor three, which just like feels like proof that there's some weird energy happening on floor three. You know? Something's like drawn to it. Yeah. I don't love it. So now on to the celebrity that occupied a room on floor three when he was still alive. Charles Dickens. Yes, the author author of A Christmas Carol and many other ghost stories, if you didn't know. I didn't know he did. Oh, I know Christmas Carol is kind of ghosty. Okay. Apparently his actual, like, like the way he wrote A Christmas Carol is like super creepy. Like it's not like the Mickey Mouse version. It's like scary. I just know the Muppet version. You've never seen the Mickey Mouse version? No, I think I, yeah, I have, but... I've okay, but you know, Muppets okay. every year. All right. Well, that's <laughs> fine. Apparently, his version is very spooky. Um, and he was like, he wrote a bunch of ghost stories. Um, and if you didn't know, because I didn't, he toured the world performing his works for the public. So he would like read them to his little audiences. This is the 1800s. What else are you going to do? Um, his first American reading of A Christmas Carol happened in Boston in 1867. But just before that reading, he did a private reading to a group called the Saturday Club at the Omni Parker House. He stayed at the hotel during his 1867 and 1868 American tours, and it said that he would practice his readings in the large gilded mirror on his third f- in his third floor room. And he's like talking to himself? Yeah, he's like looking at himself in the mirror and talking to himself. Very Rachel Berry and Glee, like practicing in the mirror. Ugh, yeah. So, in a kind of um, Bloody Mary fashion, supposedly... People have seen Charles Dickens himself in the mirror practicing his rendition of A Christmas Carol. So, like, the mirror is on public display in the hotel still. Like, they moved it out of the room and put it in, like, a hallway. And there's, like, even a plaque that says, like, some people like people have seen Charles Dickens in the mirror. But what part of the Christmas Carol does he <laughs> recreate? Know. Is it, like, the bad part? Or is it, like, the is ending like where Tiny Scrooge... Tim. Or <laughs> Scrooge is like, Happy Christmas! I hope it's that part. That's kind of cute. Yeah. What is ti- What does Tiny Tim say? He's like... I don't know. God bless us, everyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet he says that. I bet he does, too. But do you think Charles Dickens did, like, voices? I, I'm i still imagining the Muppet version where he's played by Kermit the Frog, so I, <laughs> I assume he sounds like that. I think I saw there's, like, a live action of this that, like, my grandpa made me watch because it's, mm. like, one of his favorites, and it's, like, trippy. Like, I'm pretty sure they go to, like, actual hell with one of the... um with one of the ghosts of maybe future yes the future one yeah the future one's like not chill yeah so maybe that's more true to the original story Mm. (laughs) anyway whatever um that's kind of all i have to say about this but i just i i feel like i already kind of mentioned it a little bit but like when i go to boston you know i'll return shortly yeah i feel like maybe like I should just go stay there. Kind of like BuzzFeed Unsolved that-ish. Oh like test it out. But I, don't be alone. Well, like, yeah, I'll bring people. Yeah. You want to come? I do. Okay. When you when Olivia comes to visit, mark we my words. Stay. It's kind of expensive. But like if both of us are going, we can bring more people and like all Let's like just split it. go and then not rent a room, but then go sleep in the supply closet <gasps> in 303. 303. Genius. Yeah. Because the elevator will take us there anyway. And yeah. We'll just walk right in and it'll I mean, be, we'll be guided by the spirit of Charles Dickens. Works for me. Anyway, I guess, okay, it's not that spooky, 
but like i feel like i sold it a little better than Bo did right I, i agree i think that there's some cool historical stuff in there but if i was actually being like in those situations i'd be very scared i swear if the faucet turns on that's it for me i'm simply moving no thank you um but i think the thing about stephen king is really interesting that that he because i'd heard that before that he'd stayed somewhere and that's okay so the reason you caught me looking up weird stuff (laughs) in the middle of your story was they had heard that before that he was inspired by a hotel and wrote that book one well and then i heard another story about a hotel that like houdini like the magician was involved with and i got the two stories confused in my head and i based on my very brief research that you got me doing i think they're different hotels i think it's a different <laughs> okay. story but that would have been another crazy celebrity that sighting crazy. in your hotel i think i must have said this before because i'm pretty sure you brought up houdini multiple times somehow but when i was in fifth grade have i told you this I don't think so. We had to do like a book report, but we had to like dress up like that oh, person. Yeah. Did I tell you this? <laughs> I don't know if you told it to me on the Okay. On the well, I dressed up as Houdini and I like <laughs> gave my book report and I like did like a magic trick. I like did you have I like chained myself up. I literally <laughs> chained myself up in my fifth grade like bathroom and I got out of my handcuffs and my chains in front of the whole How class. How did you get out? A magician never reveals her secrets. <laughs> Did you have to dislocate all your joints? I did. <laughs> I did, as a matter of fact. We had to do that in eighth grade. It was called Night of the Notables. And everyone got like a notable person in history and they had to do like a research report on. Did you get to pick or did they pick for you? Um, You got like a list and you got to pick three, like your top three. And then they assigned from there. And I picked Miss mary Kay ash okay and my whole report it, it wasn't until literally this year that i realized that mary Kay is a pyramid scheme it's okay and i did like so i was so proud i had like a pink little it's okay. blazer it was so cute it's kind of sweet because at the time i knew like my mom's friend or something sold mary Kay, so i did all this mary Kay makeup and That's i was kind of like, cute olivia so cool and then i like listened to a podcast like a month ago and they were like oh mlm schemes in america the worst one of them all mary Kay, and i was like what? that's okay she was my notable that's okay <laughs> it's fine anyways i like i like the haunted hotel ones like of all the ghosties the hotel ones are just always so creepy because if you think about it we were actually the two of us were at a hotel the other day we were and i, was I even, hope it wasn't haunted i don't did, did you get vibes no, no okay okay but i had a thought i was like wow there's so many people that come in and out of these rooms like every day that is so much like so many lives and stories that just get congregated to one area that's so true do you think there's like some energy shit going on it has to be because it's like every day every room basically is getting like switched out between all these people i don't know very yeah very Um, suspicious okay we need to wrap this up but let me just tell you something about on on that vein i've been reading the twilight books again because you know i've I'm not okay these days. Um, and in this, in the last book, Breaking Dawn, yeah. um, she has this whole like thing where she talks about like the strings of fate and like how like all of them are like weaving together in like oh. a rug basically. And I feel like that's what a hotel is doing. All the strings of all the people are combining and woven together in that to create, one point. To create the plush carpet of the Omni <laughs> Yes, <hotel>. exactly. <laughs> anyway. Ooh anyhow that's enough of me talking well what a comeback this has been this yeah this is my cheeks hurt from laughing i feel like it's so much more entertaining actually doing it in person i know this was a I delight like, except my neck is gonna like hurt from i know to look i'm like it's it. a weird crooked bent position but it's fine that's fine well how do we end these um i say do we usually end? <laughs> oh there's things we do say we say thing. oh so if you liked wait yeah. I say something about the Instagram. Okay. If you want to see pictures of the things that we talked about, so maybe perhaps a portrait of Natalie Wood, Robert Wagner, young Christopher Walken, um, as well as the spooky haunted photos of the Omni Hotel, perhaps Charles Dickens portrait. We'll see whatever yeah. whatever makes it in there. You can find our Instagram at Deviant Little Darlings. You can like, comment, give us an episode suggestion. You can also email us at deviantlittledarlings at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or stories you want us to cover. Yep. And you can rate and review 
and give us yeah. a five-star review please and on that um yeah you can do that reviewing situation on apple podcasts but if you're listening to us somewhere else you can find us on apple podcast breaker google podcasts overcast pocket cast radio public spotify and anchor.fm slash deviant little darlings we love that you listen to us <laughs> Thank you for making it to the end. We'll see you in another six months when Maybe. we see each other again. <laughs> I feel like this gives me like that. You know, like how PBS used to do like, thanks to viewers like you. Oh, yeah. Thanks to listeners like you. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>